all you have. We would be honored if you would join us. It's a wonderful day in the Star Wars universe. A wonderful day because it's almost here. The rise of Skywalker. And all my older fans will know a little something about Mr. Rogers. Well, I guess now everybody knows about Mr. Rogers since there's a Mr. Rogers movie. But in just a few days, Rise of Skywalker comes out. And I am running up the walls. I feel like a small boy in a toy shop. I don't know what to do first. But I do know I'm too old to be getting this excited. My blood pressure is probably through the roof. But enough about that. We still have to finish this book. And I want to let everyone know about the giveaway that's coming up in the final episode of this series. Yes, there's still one more episode, and that will be the grand finale. We will be giving away three sets of movie tickets, some suede sweatshirts, Rise of Skywalker posters, and a few other things. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I hope that you guys join me. And all you have to do to enter is to send me an email at sway.audio at gmail.com, and you can say whatever you want. Ask me a question. Tell me what you think of the show. Tell me your favorite scene in Star Wars. It doesn't matter what you say. As long as it's Star Wars related, you will be entered into the giveaway. Okay, so enough about all that. Let's get back to this book and find out how it ends. I can never tell anyone what I saw in the depths of the old city. There are no words, but I hope one day I can show them. Dalian Brock, Diaries, 10,661 TYA, for your arrival. In the end, she decided her parents could wait. That was a reunion she dreaded, and not only because she had killed her own brother. She dreaded it most because she had failed to save him a second time. Storms still raged across Tython as she coaxed her damaged peacemaker down onto one of Anil Kesh's landing pads. The ship needed repairs, and her droid required some special attention from those expert in such technologies. Most of all, Tree was balancing between life and death. She had done her best for him, but her brief ministrations might have been worthless. He needed the attention of someone experienced in force healing. She had spoken to him every moment of their brief flight to Anil Kesh, and though he was in a deep coma, she hoped it had done some good. It certainly made her feel better, no longer talking to herself. But Lannery's dark matters were not yet over, and even though her mission was all but completed, she sensed something greater occurring on Tython. Master Dam Powell met her on the landing pad, hood raised against the rain. Lannery, Dam Powell said with genuine affection. Lannery went to kneel, but Dam Powell pulled her into an embrace. She submitted to it and rested her head on the shorter master's shoulder. Your balance is unsettled, Dam Powell whispered. Yes, master. I killed my brother. Dam Powell sighed heavily. These are dark times. Please, come with me so that we can talk. We'll eat and drink. I'll welcome the company. I'm acting temple master here in Master Quan Zhang's absence. Where is he? Away. Now come. Dam Powell held out her hand. Tell me everything, and then I have plenty to tell you. I thought it was over, Lannery said, looking up at the skies to the east. Lightning danced there, and powerful winds swept stinging rain across Anil Kesh's exposed surfaces. Beneath the temple, the chasm roared. Darkness seemed to rise from there, though it was almost midday. Even after everything Lannery had seen and done, it made her shiver. Your mission is over, Dam Powell said. Together, they watched three Jedi Rangers who were carefully carrying the device from the Peacemaker, place it on a stable trolley, and wheel it toward an open door. 
It was destined for one of Anil Kesh's laboratories. Lannery only hoped that the Jedi could learn from it. But a greater story is beginning. Master Dan Powell told Lannery of the alien ship that had entered the system, exploded above Tython, and then crashed somewhere near the rift, perhaps in the abyss of Rue itself. Its arrival had caused the dreadful force storms that still rippled across the planet, and the Jedi were unsettled. Master Quanjang is one of many seeking news of the crashed ship, Dan Powell said. I fear it means changing times for Tython. Fear? Lannery asked. There was a disturbance in the force before the ship crashed. A wave of darkness. A terrible voice of pain. And then silence as death fell. I sensed that also, Lannery said. On my way from Sunspot. Many Jedi did, Dan Powell said. Those on the ship were force sensitives. From out of system? We believe so. Dan Powell nodded gently but said no more. She could sense Lannery's need to talk. So now, your story, she said. They sat in Master Dan Powell's laboratory, and Lannery told her everything. Bad things, Dan Powell said when the story was almost over. Such bad things. I hope Trisona can be saved. He's a strange man, Lannery said. She was surprised to find herself smiling. So hard when I met him. Harsh, selfish. He had troublesome views, and he even told me some of the things he'd done. Not the worst things, I'm sure. But he was very open about his past. Some would have called him wicked or even evil. But he helped me several times, and I saw the better man inside. I sensed that also, Dan Powell said. That's why I chose him to be my ears and eyes. You really promised him what he said? I did, she said softly. If he survives, I'll keep my word. He came for me on Sunspot, saved me. And I think he was willing to sacrifice himself to save my life again down in the old city. He knew what was at stake. If he hadn't put himself in the way of that laser blast, I might have died. Okay, so Landry and Tree go back to Anil Kesh. Yes, Tree is still alive. I have to say he's a fighter. He is in a coma, but that's better than the alternative. As they arrive, Master Dan Pal is there to greet them. And she hugs Landry. But, you know, she doesn't understand what's going on with these four storms. Why are they having stopped? The Master takes her into the temple where the Master explains that the ship has four sensitive passengers on it and it crashed on Titan. Dan Pal tells her that the other Jedi's went to investigate the crash site. Then they talk about Tree sacrificing himself to save Lant time and time again and the mission. The Master tells Landry that if Tree survives, she will fulfill her promise to him. Now let's find out what else happened. Your alchemical skills are quite remarkable. Only what you taught me, Master. No, what you did cannot be taught, Lannery. You're a natural. Just be careful when you continue your experiments. I'm not sure I will continue, Lannery said. Oh, you will. Dan Powell smiled, but it quickly faded. But what you did, the dark tempts you. It teases with the power it could give. And killing your brother has pushed you that way also. You feel conflicted. You feel confused. Yes, Master. Brush aside the confusion, Dan Powell said. That is the first step to confronting any imbalance. Know that you are troubled, or be comfortable that you are not. Be honest with yourself. And I am here, Lannery. We are all here to help. Every single master, because, she shrugged, it could be you saved us all. I feel that my balance has swayed, Master, but I have not fallen, and I will not. Dan Powell raised an eyebrow, took a drink, delicately wiped her mouth. So, the threat is quashed, and another rises in its place. 
You'll be wanting to rest before your journey back to Bodhi and your parents. No, Flannery said. I'm not going home just yet. And rest will wait. I still have questions. Oh, Master Dam Powell said, but she knew very well that Lannery had more to ask. The Hypergate. I felt it. You felt something in the old city, as anyone particularly talented in the Force will. Just as the chasm causes disturbance, and the abyss of Rue and other places on Tython. Your brother was right in one regard, at least. This is not our planet. But I felt such power. Like something waiting. The wine's finished. I need to fetch another bottle. Dan Powell stood and went to turn away. We love bringing you more Star Wars, and it is because of our partners that we can do this week after week. So we invite you to be one of those partners. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help us keep this going. Your support will give us the ability to create future episodes, as well as provide you with the best sounding show on your playlist. And to express our appreciation, we will give you a shout out on our mid-series show that we do in the middle of every book. You will also be automatically entered in all future giveaways. All you have to do is go to the show notes and click that listener support link. Now let's get back to the show. Lannery grasped her robe and pulled her back around so that they were face to face. It was an audacious move, handling a master like this, but Lannery felt justified. Master, is there a hypergate down there? Dan Powell looked down at Lannery's hand on her sleeve, waiting until it was released. Whether there is or isn't, whether anyone knows for sure or not, doesn't change what you did, Lannery. If that greed device had been turned on, well, we might not be here now. Friends with wine. The whole system might not be here anymore. Might, Lannery said. Civilization is built on the word. Damp Howell smiled. You serve the Jedi well, Lannery. You remember when you and your brother first came to Oniel Kesh? I saw the potential in you then. And when you returned to complete your training after you thought he had died, and we spent long days together here, in this laboratory. She gestured around at dark corners and flickering candles. That's when I knew for sure you would one day be a great Jedi. I was not afraid to tell you so. And today, I'm not afraid to claim an element of pride, because I was right. You are a great Jedi. And on your journey, you might need to learn when to confront things, and when to turn away. When to obey your masters, and when not. She shrugged. Hmm. That word might again. It means perhaps, and it also means strength. Maybe it's doubt that gives true strength, eh, Lannery? Balance is easy. Shifting from balance and finding it again means you have to be stronger than most. And I have every confidence in you. The Jedi Master turned away again and walked across the laboratory, past benches where she and Lannery had practiced alchemies and manipulation. As she returned with a new bottle of wine, Lannery had one more question to ask. Master? Where did the information about Dale, the Stargazers, and their device come from? Dan Powell nodded as if affirming something to herself. It's Calimar you need to visit. Yes, Lannery said. Calimar. She held up her glass for one more drink. Okay, we should stop right here because Master Dan Powell tells Lannery that her alchemy is basically amazing and it could not be taught. Then she follows up to tell Lannery because of all that she has done, she is being tempted by the dark side. Is calling to her and she needs to take some time to find her balance well duh i would think so she just went through a grip of stuff in the last week or so she just killed her brother and that would push anyone to some dark stuff she almost died like three four times 
To me, this master doesn't have a clue. And I think Landry is losing her mind a little bit because she grabs the master's robe and spins it around when the master tries to walk away. She starts to question the master about the hypergate. And then the master in a roundabout way doesn't even answer. Now this is where I have a problem. Landry just killed her brother. Tree is holding on to life by a thread and the master can't even answer the question. If I was Landry, I would be like, you know, super mad about this. But Master Dan Powell starts to reminisce about when her and Landry first met and how they would talk for hours. And then she starts to talk about how proud of Landry she is. But if I was Landry, I would be like, what the heck? No answer the question. But instead, she asks a whole nother question where the information that they got about Dale and other stargazers came from. The master tells her she needs to visit Calamar. If I was Landry, I'd be like, just tell me where, where did you get the information? Well, I, but she doesn't. So let's get back to the chat. On her way to Calamar, Lannery had time to reflect on what she had done. Your balance is unsettled, Master Dan Powell had said, and Lannery could not disagree with the Master. Darkness haunted her dreams, and sometimes she found herself dreaming of Bogan. All that troubled her, yet this journey was not yet done. When it was over, soon, she was confident that she was strong enough to correct the unbalance herself. She was surprised to find herself lonely. Ironholds remained at Oniel Kesh, being repaired by a young journeyer whose talent was mechanics. And without Tree here, her cabin felt too large, her ship too silent. She spoke to herself again, but was sad that there was no reply. Tree's prognosis was good, she had been told. She held on to the delight she felt at this fact. She thought perhaps she had made a friend. A group of journeyers led by Master Kinaid had searched for Dale's body for some time, but it was never found. Creatures, Lannery thought. There could be anything down there. There are depths. She sat staring at her experiment for some time. It was shriveled and denuded, and it should have been blasted into space. Yet she could not rid herself of it. Darkness danced around the petrified flesh, and Lannery tried several times to find life still within it. At first it was simply dead. But then, half a day out from Calamar, her force senses perceived a speck of flesh that pulsed with life once more. Given time, she would relearn the alchemy of flesh. Its draw was too great to ignore, and she was strong. On Calamar, there was nothing to find. Kara's high apartment was abandoned. The damage caused by the battle she and Tree had fought with the fat woman's sentry droids had been repaired. The secret room Lannery had discovered was clean and empty, now opened up as part of the apartment. Everything personal was gone. Kara had left her apartments for the first time in 13 years, and they should have been desirable real estate. And yet no one had chosen to rent it. There was something dark about that space. Any inquiries she made as to Kara's location were met with a blank wall. Most claimed not to have heard of her. The several times Lannery used a subtle force trick to read her associates' minds, she found confused images of Kara as friend and threat, but no indication of where she was now. They had all known her, and they were lying about that. But when it came to her whereabouts, they told the truth. Kara had vanished. With her, so the militia Captain Loris told Lannery, had gone several other high-profile members of the Rahul Yon community. One day they were there, the next, not. Their homes were abandoned, sometimes still filled with personal possessions. Their business interests were left without directors. There was never any trace. Maybe you're better off without them, Lannery suggested. And why would you say that? Loris asked her. Because they weren't what they seemed. They were darker. They had their sights elsewhere, and when it suited them, they fed information to the Jedi. 
brought me here, made my brother and his cronies speed up their plans. I think perhaps Kara and her like are the real stargazers. She left Calamar the same day that she arrived, sensing that Loras was glad to see her go. And she was glad to leave. She thought of Ironholgs being repaired. There were the machines, and there were the masters. The tools that function and react, and the programmers who use them for their own ends. She suspected that Dale had been a machine, a tool, and that Kara and her missing comrades were the real masters. Perhaps Dale had been moving too slowly with his schemes, and his masters had wanted to encourage him to speed up. And what better way than to set the Jedi on his trail? Lannery did not like the feeling of being used, and yet it was something that haunted her. But now Tython was her destination once more. Her parents awaited, and it was time for their daughter to come home. After the second remembrance service for Dale, she would stay for a while. She would wander the grassy plains around Bodhi Temple alone, perhaps swim in the river, and watch the weave birds making nests. And when darkness fell, she would lie back and contemplate Ashlaw and Bogan and her place of balance between them. So as Landry is traveling back to Calamar, she finds herself being alone. Iron Hog wasn't there, he was being repaired, and Tree is doing better. She was flying to Calamar alone, and now she has no one to talk to. She tries to talk to herself, but that doesn't work. She thought of her experiment. She's looking at it, and then all of a sudden, she gets a hint of life from it, so she's excited about that. She gets back to Calamar, and she starts asking questions about Kira and the other high-ranking officials. But it was like they just all disappeared. Like all their stuff was cleaned up. Everything's just gone. She thinks that they were the real stargazers. And for her brother, he was just a pawn used by them to achieve their goals. Duh. I knew that from the first time she talked to Kira. Dale didn't have the pool to accomplish anything. He wasn't nobody. He was just a muscle. So Lanry leaves Calamar and goes back to Tython. And basically, that's where Tim leaves us. She's going to rest and find some balance. So what happened to the ship that crashed? I hate when authors do that. How you gonna get us excited that something's gonna happen and then you don't even tell us what happens? But what can you do? I have to say though, this is a great book and it had everything. It had action, adventure, sadness, happiness, and so much more. Special thanks to my assistant for finding this book, but this is not the end of the series. We still have the finale and I will be giving shout outs on there, reading some of y'all's emails, get doing a giveaway. A lot of stuff is still to come. So don't forget to shoot me an email at sway.audio at gmail.com. There will be a link in the description, and that email can be about anything Star Wars related. So until then, keep your eyes on the stars. Thank you for listening to Sway. Join us next time for more Star Wars adventures. If you would like to listen to other episodes of the show, you can find us and subscribe on your favorite podcast directory. If you enjoyed the show, we would greatly appreciate a five-star review. Once again, thank you for listening, and may the Force be with you. Sway was created by Keen Eye Shit and is a production of Pick Film Media. This show was produced by Quentin McDaniel, sound designed by Theodore Thompson, researched by Tammy Turner. I am your host, Kyle, and we will see you next time in a galaxy far, far away.